coming to you from our new home at DynastyLeagueFootball.com and a DLF family of podcasts. We are the Superflex Super Show. We talk QB values, Superflex strategies, evaluate and debate Superflex trades, plus our own twist on Superflex team management with exercises like Tinderflex, Super 6, and You Are Nuts. So when you're done with this awesome DLF podcast, find us on Twitter at Superflex Show and join us in the discussion of the fastest growing format in all of fantasy football, Superflex, on the Superflex Super Show. Hello and welcome back to the... What do I do again? Okay. Hello and welcome back to the Dynasty Crossroads. My name is Peter Howard at PA Howdy on Twitter. My co-host Jake Anderson at Jake Anderson FF on Twitter isn't here. But it's okay because I have someone everyone likes to come on the Dynasty Crossroads this week and kind of straighten me out and uh, help me talk about some Dynasty stuff this week. Um, that's none other than the co-host of the Open Bar and the only host of the Dummy Blitz on the Dynasty Dummies Network. My brother, how you doing, Jay? Listen, the crossroads is here. I am happy to be in the building with you. Uh, I'm very sad that that Jake's not here with us. Uh, he he's kind of crushing life right now. Uh, family, uh, killing it in every aspect except for. Uh, two roles, his his duties at the open bar as the executive producer and the co-host of the Dynasty Crossroads, uh, for which uh, I am going to kick him square in the shins when I see him. But I'm happy to be with you, Pete. <laughs> Jake had the chin, you just reminded me of it. Um, yeah, I mean, as if it wasn't bad enough that I had to share him with the, with the open bar. Now i got to share him with his family. i like, it's not right. It's not right. Um, but anyway... Um, as per usual, I'm completely unorganized and didn't have a strict plan for what to talk to uh, today, even though I had a great guest like J-Mike to come on. But at this time of year, I'm really starting to look towards the off-season. I'm thinking about the dynasty process. Every other podcast is giving you start-set advice, I guess. And that's just that's why we produce ours later in the week. It's just generally to talk about process and how we evaluate and don't evaluate players. Without Jake, we're not talking about one player at a time from two different perspectives, but we do try to like to stick to a conversation about process, um, mainly from a dynasty perspective. So we thought we'd start off talking about running backs in dynasty. It's um, I, I really think it's one of the trickier aspects of the difference between playing dynasty and playing redraft or playing most other different types. Um, well, I say I came up with it. J. Mike said if we didn't talk about it, he wouldn't come on. So, like, uh, J. Mike, running backs, why Why did you want to talk about running backs this week? Uh, I'm just laying this at your feet. I am 100% ready to revolt if we didn't, so I'm glad you did. Thank you. Thank you for acquiescing <laughs> to, my, to my request there. Right. Uh, yeah, the, the, the running back position, uh, it, it is something that, uh, as as many know, as many have, have pointed out, apparently, on Twitter, uh, hey, they, they, they don't matter, apparently. Uh, however, uh, year in, year out, we see that you, you're not winning championships 
without running backs, uh, with, with, without really good producing running backs. There, there, there aren't teams that, that are consistently doing that. So my pursuit this entire season uh, has been uh, a lot of thinking, a lot of chewing, a lot of perspectives that I've gained to be able to determine how exactly do you successfully navigate the running back minefield uh, and, and extract as much value as possible uh, for your teams while also not getting stuck holding the bag. Uh, everyone's played hot potato as a kid, so uh, no one wants to be left holding uh, the hot potato when, when you get to the uh, the stop of the hot potato. So uh, the, the this season, I feel like there have been a lot of instances where a lot of people, whether it's Todd Gurley, David Johnson, uh, and many others, and R.I.P. David Johnson, he, he was – uh, he he was a Howdy Leaks favorite uh, preseason. <laughs> uh, he was he was a Howdy Leaks favorite, and <laughs> right. uh, to, to 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 let's walk through that together, I guess, because I'm I just really have a hard time uh, re- refining, but also I feel like I've gained a lot uh, through this season in terms of learning how exactly I'm comfortable with walking through the position. Yeah, just generically, my basic policy is to always be selling running backs um, and yet always acquiring running backs. And like say, you call them evil. I did not. I don't think running backs are evil. Um, but they don't matter. So, uh, no, like if you want to win, you need running backs and you need to continually add running backs at an increasingly escalating rate as we head towards the playoffs, right? Um, in rookie drafts, we focus running backs early because they produce earlier in their career and they produce higher earlier in their career. And like you say, their age cliff or their performance cliff and their injury cliff, it all arcs quicker and sooner. Now, there are exceptions to that that sometimes skew a perspective of it. Like Le'Veon Bell, Ladanian Tomlinson had these sustained years of top five production. Whereas that's more common with wide receiver, it really is uncommon at running back. And it's really difficult. I think one of the problems is it's always really difficult to honestly believe that when you're in the middle of one of these running back, well, essentially storms, you know, the storms that come and go and devastate fantasy leagues. Um, But once they're gone, all that's left in their wake is the devastation with which they wrought. So to put it in real terms, if you've got Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook and who else is good? <laughs> Nick Chubb. Um, and uh, uh, Saquon Barkley on your team right now, you would be insane to sell them. And yet, at the same time, you should be selling them almost every time. Because I don't think either could ever become more valuable in Dynasty right now. Like, there is, there is method to the badness of when they hit peak value, which is different for every running back, but really, like, where could Christian McCaffrey go in value right now? The only way he has to go is down. You could think about it that way, and it's going to arc. But even saying that, I'm thinking, well, Christian McCaffrey is one hell of a receiver. So, like, maybe he can be one of those Tomlinson and Le'Veon Bell types that sustains his production over a longer period of time. And that's true. But statistically, where, you know, I live and breathe as a non-statistician pretending to be a statistician, um, that's going to hurt you. And yet you need him to win. And so that's the conundrum you're talking about. So to put it in real terms, right now, if you're winning, you if you're in your playoffs, if you're pushing for a championship, you have to keep him. Um, this offseason, I think it would be insane to trade Dalvin Cook, Christian McCaffrey, or anyone else. Those are the assets we're chasing, even in Dynasty. And I think we have to focus 
we have to be less long-term than we typically think in Dynasty. We have to be, how do we win next season? And those are the guys you're going to want on your roster to win next season. And yet, somehow you've got to hold that in your head at the same time as this off-season. Even if I win, I have to sell them if I can. So, if you've got Dalvin Cook on your team, you're making a playoff run. You're not trading them right now. Right? Likely you're not, but 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 one of the questions becomes just like you just said, the the and and as my big brothers over at the Dynasty Dummies, uh Kyle and Zach, they Zach always points to the fact that if you look over ADP year over year and, and, and the finishes, we continue to see that there's a different running back typically at the top of the heap, and there's typically gonna be a different a different exactly. top five that we're gonna watch season to season. They they don't stay long, and so so when it comes to these uh, shooting stars, they burn really bright, but it's not very long, <laughs> and 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 that consistent pursuit that we're consistently chasing uh, continues to be something that's maddening because we want to be able to hold on to it. But e- even for someone like Le'Veon Bell that you brought up, and, and this is kind of as you were thinking as you were talking through this, I, it just kind of ran through my head. Let's think about all the things that really had to go right for Le'Veon Bell to continue to be someone who produced that way for so long. Not only is he incredibly talented, not only is his running style great, not only does he have a skill set that allows him to be able to stay on the field for three downs uh, and be a weapon, whether he's running the ball or a receiver, but also the consistency at which that offense stayed intact to where he's got the same head coach, the same quarterback, the same top wide receiver in that same offense, all the time, right? So, so so philosophy didn't change. All those things didn't change that allowed him to be uh, an asset for us for many, many years. Uh, and, and, and I think that if we looked over history, I, I, don't, I don't have the research to prove this, but a lot of those types of guys like Danian Tomlinson, uh, a lot of these guys who, who would burn bright like that for that time likely had the consistency. So here we are already. We've got uh, Dalvin and, and Dalvin Cook might be one of those guys that we can look at, but – but we are coming up on what this this will be year four coming up for him. And he was not a first round running back. So they don't necessarily have the fifth year option on him. So we're now coming into Dalvin Cook's fourth season where he may be looking to be paid after being hurt for two uh, hurt for half of two seasons and now burning as bright as as anybody could have expected. Now we're at a crossroads, pun intended. We're at a crossroads with Dalvin Cook. You can continue to keep him on your team. You can continue to extract that production. However, we have to be very wary of, hey, he just got hurt again with with the shoulder issue that previously was an issue before. And now we've got the contract situation, uh, and and there's so much volatility within that. Yeah, I think there's no reasonable way you can expect these guys to stop producing. You just also have to accept that with the knowledge that they're going to. Look, it's, it's real tough. Like I say, in the middle of the storm, I can't see how any of these guys can get less productive or less devastating. <laughs> the fantasy leagues. But like we, I was saying that last season about Ezekiel Elliott and Saquon Barkley, who's still in that tier because he's young enough and the team's struggling, obviously. But like it was insane not to include Ezekiel Elliott in that list I just said. And a few of you were probably like, hey, what about Elliott? And that's the entire point. The fact that there was somebody some people who won't have even thought, hey, there's a couple of extra names that definitely should be there. They're there, but they're not there because they're already faded. Um, It's not... This is part... This is, I think, what some people miss about the running backs don't matter argument. By doing it, you say it's not that you can also... Running backs don't matter because essentially volume is a coaching decision 
and team success can lead to running back production whether they've got talent or not. That's what we saw with Peyton Barber last week. So that can happen through an entire season as well. Um, but even if you think the running backs who do the best do have significant talent, even though we can't prove it statistically over the average player, um, you still have to recognize, despite the fact that you can't really predict any of these guys are going to drop, that they do continually drop. Like you said about Zach, and it's a fact that I like as well, if you just look year to year in dynasty rankings, the reason I mentioned Tomlinson and Le'Veon Bell is the only ones who sustained being drafted in the top five and then performing in the top five in, in PPR scoring for multiple years. Like, LaShawn McCoy did it twice. That's a big deal. And who's LaShawn McCoy now? Like, he's more productive and therefore we got value out of him, so it's a bigger conversation, but nowhere near sustained that top five value or should have after those two years. Um, so, like, it's really difficult to keep both facts in your head. And what we need is a Jake Anderson on the podcast who's obsessed and only basically drafts running backs. Um, so they play the position really well. But, um, I mean, it's Kareem Hunt. Like, you can't predict that thing coming. Um, and what do you do with him in redraft as he gets older and doesn't have a role, but you think he could at some point. And so even whether he does come back at some point, his value's already dropped. In some way, this is reminding me of a wide receiver conundrum, which is something I avoided thinking about for a long time, which is that even if I'm right about Kelvin Benjamin having a terrible rookie profile and the long arc had someone like, say, Jordan Matthews or Odell Beckham being more valuable longer term over the first three years, which is usually the window I look at for initial wide receiver rankings. It doesn't matter if the first year you score 10 touchdowns and you become a top 12, top 24 wide receiver. Like Terry McLaurin like, right now, I think he's one of the more likely to drop out of fantasy relevance just because of his college profile. And people begin to think you're just holding stuff that we should have moved past against them. And it's not that, it's just that those things also predict that longer window a little better. And so they also are the most likely to stop being that guy. Um, or stop being those valuable assets. But, and this is a part that I've always avoided thinking about, aren't aren't you right to focus them in that first year? Because if, if they produce in the first year, I mean, what haven't you got out of them? Their value's higher now, so you can trade them for more. You got fantasy points out of them, which is all we really want to get wins. So even if they aren't the wide receivers you want, they're the wide receivers you should have, and then you should profit off them by trading them when they hit peak value as well. And I don't really know what to do with that. And that's why I always avoided thinking about it. And so it's the same way. That reminds me a little bit about running backs. Like, I spent a lot of time this offseason trying to predict when wide receiver breakouts happen. Like, trying to time it so next year is the most likely, or their second year, or the third year is the most likely. And frankly, it's just at least for me, it, it was beyond me statistically or modeling it. I couldn't find a way of getting a decent result of trying to time it into which year would be their first year of fantasy relevance. No, wh um, what? So I struck out on that, frankly. And it's the same with running backs trying to predict when they stop doing it. Like, it's almost all too many variables and too many things that I at least can't predict to predict it. And so all we've got is these trends to rely on and it's really difficult to trust. Like I don't want to sell Davin Cook this off season. Um, and that's where most people in Dynasty come down to a value conversation. It's like you sold Saquon Barkley this off season, I just remembered because you could get like five, <laughs> literally five first round picks for him and you were like, Well yeah, you do that. 
but you're not you're not always going to get Saquon Barkley level right. insanity. That, in that, that's right. But, <laughs> right? And so, so as we walk through that, Peter, let, let's let's chop that up a little bit. Let's dissect this. If if we if we're please, if we're please, of please, the please. if we're of the mindset that we recognize that we definitely can't hang on to them forever, and we're not going to have this wonderful, beautiful asset shining as bright as it does always. Like we we know that, right? As you just said, the the variables uh, that lay uh, at our feet are far too many to to truly put together any kind of equation that says, hey, this is what we can expect uh, from this person. So then let's start talking about or let's start looking at the things that lead to the at least in my mind, the things that lead to change for the running back, because oftentimes uh, what I've heard more and more of late is specifically with running backs. Hey, we fade the efficiency and we're going to uh, we're going to walk and we're going to walk strong in uh, the, the opportunity. Uh, because because the opportunity, the volume is something for, that for running backs is going to be fantastic. So with that being said, e- even for a guy like Dalvin Cook, who's who's probably giving you all sorts of fantasy goodness right now, it is there, and especially, and maybe it's even a case where we time it up with these drafts that are going to have these fantastic prospects, specifically at the running back position. The And, and for me, this is kind of where I landed when we get to this year four, year five mark for people, for players, I do not, I don't, I don't, I don't care uh, anymore. I don't think in terms of these, these, um, these leagues that I've been in, I've been able to test a lot of different theories with this. I don't care. I don't care at all. If they're fantastic. I don't care if it's, if it's Christian McCaffrey, I don't care if it's someone like Dalvin cook. I don't want, I don't necessarily want to be running and chasing after running backs after this first contract. I don't because of the fact that when we continually look at this, the, the, the landscape itself, we know that the turnover happens way faster than we want it to. We know that the production is not going to last nearly as long as we hope it to. There may be one to two guys that are going to have this extended uh, what, what's the word? Extended prime, extended uh, production season, extended production time frame. And I can't, I can't keep waiting for or paying these exorbitant prices for a year five Dalvin Cook when I know he's got injury issues and it can literally be one injury that takes his value and, and plummets it b- below dirt. Right now, think about Carryon Johnson. Carryon Johnson's third season, right, in the league? Se- second or third season. I think he's, he's basically trending on the same value path a- as Dalvin Cook if you think about it. Dalvin Cook also hurt in his first season. Dalvin Cook hurt in his second season. Third season, Dalvin Cook is having a monster year um, with a fantastic scheme around him, all sorts of good things, right? Spin that forward. Carry on Johnson. High hopes for him. He kind of plays well, gets hurt in his first season. Second season, uh, he comes out, he's okay. He's in Matt Patricia's uh, r- weird running back tandem that's going on, and he's still not getting the volume that we want, but he produces okay, and we still think that there's something, there's hope there. Uh, but even still, he's hurt. He's hurt again. So all of a sudden, we're looking at Carryon Johnson. Like it, it, I could run through a list of names: Carryon Johnson versus. And all of a sudden, we see a ton of guys that are going to be bypassing Carryon Johnson. One of the reasons, simply because he's not even on the field to be able to play into the to the actual value that we hold for him. So all that to say, <laughs> while while I'm probably in maybe even for one more year of Carryon Johnson, he's not a guy that I'm going to want past next year. 
Uh, I don't want to have to deal with the injuries. I don't want to have to deal with the possible contracts. I don't want to have to deal with the fact that Matt Patricia's uh, proved to be somewhat incompetent in, in spots. I, I don't want to deal. I don't want to deal with that. Anyway, that's, I'm sorry. I, I ranted there, but but that 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 fight for that fight for when to get out because there's so much value to be extracted from running backs, specifically the ones that are going to produce at a very very high rate. And if that's going to be the case, I want to be able to extract all the value that I can while obviously getting all the production that I can too, but waiting too long is not something I'm okay with because I don't want to be left holding the back. I don't want to be left for a Todd Gurley season where he loses a couple of offensive linemen. He doesn't necessarily look the same. The offense isn't great, and he's an afterthought, and and nobody's going to pay you near anywhere close to what they were paying previously for uh, Todd Gurley. Same with David Johnson. And, and and that's not something I want to have to deal with. I, I, I don't. I don't want that stress. I'd much rather flip them, like, for example, say, uh, and this isn't looking too great right now because of the fact that Zeke Elliott, I think, is about to score another touchdown here going into this first week of the playoffs uh, in fantasy. But but oh, I'm not even but what I did was uh, I had I had I had went out and got Zeke Elliott earlier in the year uh, and I ended up paying Preston Williams and a couple of firsts. Uh, I think another pick somewhere, like a second or third, and I ended up getting Zeke. Now, mind you, this is a team that's a pretty good team, third seed, uh, trade addict, six league. Shout out to Jesse Reeve. Uh, uh, Jesse's the one I got Zeke from. Shout out to Dynasty Outhouse and Brian Har of the Trade Addicts podcast. Um, but I, I ended up trading Zeke to Brian Har for Devontae Adams and James White, mainly because I love the targets and I love the focus that that Devontae Adams is continually going to see. And I'm not worried about his value falling off the face of the earth. Whereas with Zeke, uh, obviously he's got a tough playoff schedule, but also we're looking at a guy who's continued to be volatile on and off the field. Uh, and, and and his production obviously is, is still pretty decent, but uh, all of the mitigating factors off the field make him someone that I'm not excited to roster because I don't want to deal with the stress in the offseason of is he going to make it to season or to week one of 2020 with the same or carrying the same value that he has right now? I don't want to have to deal with that. And she wrote um, a trends article because she said four and five. My general policy is if you're waiting for four or five to sell a running back year four or five, you waited too long. You almost always lost value. I wrote an article for Dynasty League Football this offseason. Look at uh, patterns in ADP and value um, compared to their yearly finishes. And I've got some, like, some of it was really eye-opening. Some of it was really confusing, but I wrote it up anyway. So here's some things that I found out. Um, two of the three top five quarterbacks drafted um, were not drafted uh, year to year. And I looked at a five-year trend here based on all of DLF's ADP data. But um, three of the top five quarterbacks drafted um, outside the top five actually finished inside the top 12, leaving only one being drafted outside the top 12. That's a confusing sentence, but essentially most top 12 quarterbacks are actually drafted inside the top 12. And three of the top 12 running backs not drafted inside the top 12, so they're drafted outside of spot 12, were drafted inside the top 24. So if you're looking for a running back to finish inside the top 12, they're mostly being drafted inside the top 24. Very few of them fall out of that category. But more fall out of that category for running backs than wide receivers. And those are your, you know, Bolt and the Blues. Those are your cream hunts, right? The ones that come from out of nowhere to finish inside the top 12. That happens more at running back than it does at wide receiver. And it basically never happens at quarterback and never happens at tight end. Um, but the other thing, some of the other things I found in this article, not to just keep reading an article, I already 
wrote and you can go and read yourself um the basic idea was that you should always be selling um top 24 running backs with the potential to finish in the top 12 because we normally get it wrong um, and that was my argument for Kerryon Johnson this offseason. The fact he was so, uh, everyone was so utterly convinced he'd finish inside the top 12. He was drafted running back 13 by the time the season started. And I was like, we've gone too far. It's not that I don't see the potential or the talent, and talent doesn't matter. Um, it's that he's like he's not more likely to finish inside the top 12 than any of the other 12 players being drafted at running back 13 to 24. Um, and frankly, I see some problems with predicting a large increase in Kerryon Johnson's usage and specifically in his receiving numbers. Now, to say that almost sounds like, well, yeah, of course, because it didn't happen. But like Stompy, like Stompy himself was one of the guys I was going up against. And as much as I joke around um, on Twitter and everywhere else, if you think it's not nerve wracking to go up against someone who's got that good a hit rate at most things... Like he's finishing inside, he's in the playoffs again in the Scott Fishbowl. And as much as we joke, like that's hard to do, right? That many people. He's very good at this and he's specifically better at running back than I am. He's one of those guys like Jake who focus running back heavily and they tend to get it right sometimes, even though it's unpredictable, unpredictable in some ways, like I was talking about before. So like that was a significant, I thought, like name to put behind that argument. It was nerve wracking to say, I think... I think he's wrong about Karrion Johnson. Because frankly, if you do like to watch football, if you're one of those guys, uh, here's me pretending I don't watch again, um, he did look good. And there was some precedence for that big of an increase in his receiving volume. It was just rarer than I was comfortable with drafting him at running back 13. Then, and this is just me bringing up one take I got right. And he got injured, so it's actually unfair. He did show some increase, just not good enough. Um, even when he wasn't injured, to get inside that top 12. But because we value running backs so heavily, we do we do tend to get the majority of them right. The top 24, like, uh, out of the top 24 running backs we draft just before the season starts, we get about nine of the top 12 running backs right, and three of them come from outside that. So that's a small margin, but it's bigger than wide receiver. And that's all I was saying. Like, there's more running backs we should expect that we're not drafting highly to actually finish in there. And so there's more value in seeking out those guys rather than focusing on these guys like Karrion Johnson, who everything seems to make sense, but you're looking for some rarefied value or usage increase for a team that typically doesn't do it. And so... I think one of the difficulties is we want to make general patterns and trends and lots of them are going to conflict because it comes down to an individual situation, which frankly is always going to be difficult to predict. And even if you're as good as Stompy is at doing it, occasionally you're going to have a miss. Um, uh, but you should still try. You should still listen to those guys because they get them right at an awfully high rate. Um, but to put it back on brass tacks, like you were saying before, you kind of have to sell him. I'm sorry, you have to sell Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook from a theory standpoint. Um, and like you were saying about we can look at things that typically correlate with a downtrend. That's one of the problems. I don't think it's true. Like one of Jacob Rickrode's things this offseason was pointing out that despite the general myth that good running packs come from good teams, if you look at it over a larger trend, plenty of top five and top 12 running backs come from bad teams. Like, Saquon Barkley can't purely be blamed on his team, even though it's pure, obviously nothing to do with his talent. It didn't go anywhere. 
And part of the problem there, and one of the reasons that was slightly predictable, is Saquon Barkley was relying on literally doing it all himself, which is what we call high-variance plays. You just can't break that many big runs, no matter how good you are, um, when you have to do it or it doesn't happen for you because your team sucks. So that you could suggest that was one way of predicting it. But like I say, you can't say generically bad team, not going to do it. Um, because, like I say, plenty of good running backs come from non-top five offenses. So even even the things that we think correlate well to who's going to maintain production and lose production doesn't really happen if you zoom out to a bigger sample size. And so it becomes all about this individual battle, individual decision. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know that a rule is there to be made, but uh, I think that I think that general principles regarding how we leverage the position, like you just said, you're saying, hey, I'm I'm always going to be trading running backs, period. Like that's that's just what I'm going to be due to, to and, and I presume to a large degree is to be able to extract the value. Yes. Yeah. OK, great. And so and so then I, and, and what I'm saying is I'm always going to be looking to before this person even starts talking about contract extension, before <laughs> holdout can become a question, before things can change so greatly for the situation, uh, I'm just going to get out. I'm not going to be, I'm, I'm not going to be someone doing it. So uh, I that's think what that I mean, though. Everyone... It's, e- it's easy to say that, because um, you're right to say it. It's absolutely right. But like the names on it aren't Ezekiel Elliott. Like you can trade Ezekiel Elliott now for decent value. But it's less than he was before, and I'm almost more likely to hold on to him for that reason because he's still good and his team's still good, and like I don't want to trade him for less than I could of a year ago, you know. Um, but the names on it are Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, and Saquon Barkley right now. If his value is dropping right now, I doubt it is. Like everyone's saying, a Saquon Barkley window might open up because he's underperforming. Like I don't think anyone's gonna fall for it. Um, but he might be harder to trade he was than, than when you traded him, for example, when no one thought he could ever stop producing at a top five level, um, even for a season before he's 50, you know? But um, the names <laughs> on it are, are diff- more difficult to trade than it sounds like, oh, the, before they talk about contract extension. That makes you think you're talking about Ezekiel Elliott, when it's not. I think the bloom is already slightly damaged on that road. Yes. Exactly. It's, it's the Davin Cooks and it's Christian McCaffrey. It's a guy you never yes. want to sell because we spend all our time trying to trade up to those guys. Um, yeah. And we're saying the minute you have one, get rid of them. Like, that's that's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and I think that to, to – and it's so funny because, uh, like I said, I, I've played around just theory-wise and, and how I feel about all these things in various leagues with the, with the running back position. So the same league that I traded away Zeke – is the same league that I had traded for Le'Veon Bell. Uh, it, it's the same, it's the same league where I traded for Josh Jacobs and and, and the and these things. Um, as you continue to refine and, and find these margins to be able to find slight value pockets to to do this, I think that it becomes harder and harder. Uh, to, like you just said, it, it becomes harder and harder to commit to or say, you know what? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm 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 not gonna let them get to year four and year five. Uh, especially when you're winning, right? I think, and again, the problem is you can have all the Le'Veon Bells and Ezekiel Elliott's you want. It's a team with Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook that's winning. So, that's like you've got exactly, like, exactly. Yeah. All right. Um. Oh, how about Miles Sanders? He did great last week, but he's definitely been in a Jordan Howard committee. Um. The rest of the season, 
Like, um, if he dropped in value, would you trade him one for one? If you could get the same value that we drafted Sanders at, which is basically a top three pick by my reckoning, um, in generic draft class, not the lauded twenty twenty class, um, <laughs> is he a trade if a running back has these problems in his first year for you, or a hold? And 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 did you say Montgomery? Uh, I was actually talking about Sanders, but we can talk about Montgomery. Sanders, sorry, no, I, I'm sorry, I missed it. Uh, yeah, I think so. My, my one of the things, one of the things that that Zach, uh, again from the Dynasty Dummies, always talks about is the the uh, passing game, uh, essentially the 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 production that we can receive from running backs who are going to catch the ball. And if nothing else, we've seen that Miles Sanders uh, can do that and do that very well, uh, and and be incredibly productive. Right. God damn that stat nerd. He's always got the numbers, uh, <laughs> and he, he's right. He's right. He's very right. And to to a degree, we got actually got an interesting conversation with that on Twitter as well. But uh, I'll, I'll save you from us now. Stat notes talking about numbers. Um, how about hey, David quick, Montgomery? Quick, uh, Do you Peter. feel differently about him? Sorry. Well, let me ask you what what's the case against what's the case against um, David Montgomery in terms of why you'd why you'd want to move him at this point? The the, the case against him is that he already looked like everything met the threshold, but he was kind of nothing made him stand out. There was nothing Saquon Barkley. And no one's Saquon Barkley, but the, most running backs we get excited about has something. Like, Ezekiel Elliott wasn't Saquon Barkley, but we sure as hell believed they had an aspect to his game, which was an elite, even as a prospect. With David Montgomery, he was good. He was good. And um, for the Bears this year, he's been, meh. He's been nine nine points a week, Right. Um, and you do have the 20 draft class coming. We do expect most running back production to come early in their careers. This isn't something they ease into very often, unless you're Derrick Henry, I guess. Um, so I guess that's the general case. A sense that there was eh, there was doubts that he wasn't, you know, everything he could be anyway. Like a like a Trent Richardson type smell to the profile for me. Um, but it was all there, and so I still had him in the top three, and I would take him over wide receivers. But the production this year, despite volume, especially early in the season, being where we want it, wasn't good enough. I guess that's the case against him. Well, and but but the and, and I guess to to counter to I get to play the wonderful Peter Howard role where I there you go throw cold water on that. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> we, we've watched we've watched everything in 2019 around him be suboptimal, right? Everything yeah. suboptimal, right? So, so, so from the usage, from the offensive line, from Trubisky being at least starting the year, not so much now. He's playing well, be, being incompetent from from all, all those things. From Nagy's play calling, everything around him specifically to start the year was suboptimal, right? Can can we agree there? Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, so Allen so, Robinson's so, so doing if, just fine though, because Allen Robinson's amazing. Former Jaguar, what up? Well, is Tennessee some great <laughs> offense? Because, like, Derrick Henry's in the top uh, five in points per game right now, and Tennessee's not a f- particularly fantastic offense, despite the rejuvenation, that the wonder that is Ryan Tannehill finally coming to town. Like, Green Bay hasn't been great, and Aaron Jones is in the top six, you know? Um, again, that's going back to that Jacob Rickrow point, where you don't need a great offense for a running back to be great. And James Connors in the top 10, and that's been a disappointing season, but points per game, he's been top 10-wise. The, the Browns have sucked, and he, Nick Chubb is ninth. 
Um, just well, again, I, throw I, cold I water on your cold water. <laughs> no, Can't no, I'm going to throw the me. coldest water. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Arctic water I'm throwing be, be, because I, I, I'm of the <laughs> I, I'm I'm of the opinion. Uh, and obviously, again, no, no, no facts to back this up. But as as we've watched that team not be good at all in, in many pockets to start the year for, for all the different reasons, as they continue to improve and address what we hope are the areas of, of concern for them, particularly the offensive line and the consistent usage of David Montgomery in the offense. Uh, I'm not I'm not going to be so quick to move on from David Montgomery at this point, uh, be, because I think that there's more to be had from him. When things, uh, or excuse me, if uh, things improve around him, I'm, I'm not quitting this early on. That's fair. Unless and you're giving me like, it's like you were saying, like a top four pick, like I'll take it and, and go. And be that's fine. what I was going to say. It's also a little unfair yeah. comparison because we're probably not getting the same value for David Montgomery right, right now. Now, the running right. back from the top three that has done, or at least perceived to be great, or met his something of his expectation, despite not being able to do get targets even while doing jumping jacks literally on the field trying to get his quarterback's (laughs) attention like I I think Jacobs can catch and I'm the guy who said he didn't do it in college but like I I think the team just won't and again that's what me and Zach say I mean it's what teams draft them to do that tends to be how they get used that's why that trend tends to help us but um, Jacobs right now in points per game is 14th at running back so not even top 12, but he's definitely impressed. Like, no one's disappointed they took Jacobs, right, in the top three right, this right. year. Um, so generic draft class, not 2020 lauded. Like, would you take... Um, this is no fun. You going generic. This, well, no, because there was way I'm, I'm too kidding, much. Like, everyone just gets a, well, it's the 2020 draft class, and they get <laughs> they get an out here. And I'm trying to take that away. Um, because I want to know if Jacobs has paid off enough that he holds his value, but we don't have 2019 picks anymore. So, like, um, could you answer that without me going generic? <laughs> yeah, uh, J- Jacobs is, has been wildly impressive. And, and while I'm not someone who you're going to come and, and, and care much for my uh, my my film uh, grade and analysis of what he's done this season, uh, but for the dummy blitz, I, I tend to try to watch every game, at least the condensed versions, to get an idea of what what guys look like and and, and things of that nature. He's been so incredibly impressive uh, with the work that he's gotten to this point, uh, and uh, he, he's he's shown already to be a guy uh, that has the upside in an offense that if it if the offense can improve and his scoring opportunities. Uh, can can rise uh, for a guy who's already scored seven touchdowns on the year. Uh, you're looking at a budding superstar. Uh, jo- Josh Jacobs, I think, without question, coming in the next season is going to be someone who's going to be a top ten running back. See, this is a counterproductive nature of running back. You can make a story either way, and running yeah. back it really is a story. Like I normally right. argue right. against right. stories, but you've got to make a story because the nature yes. of the position is volume, and volume is so much decision rather than earned and i'm sorry yep. it, it just it, when you dig into it whether it's film or whether it's statistics that tends to be where most people that i know of um come out uh, with a position and um, and let me say this jacob has fully fulfilled his promise like jake was right despite the lack of sample size this guy was good i'm really glad i went along with uh, believing at that again because of the nature of the position it was easier to do than wide receiver for example but um weirdly However, 
Um, I'm not saying you should, but Jacobs of the three looks like a guy I would be more willing to shop because I think you could get close to equal value. Not in the Lord of 2020 draft class. You're not getting the one running back 101 <laughs> because right. everyone's fucking insane on this draft class. But um, I think you can get another top 12 running back for him, put it that way. Whereas I don't think you can get that for Montgomery. I don't think you can get that for Sanders. And so he looks like, of the three, despite being the one that fulfilled the promise, um, that I'd be more, if I had all three on my roster, which I don't, be more looking at a trade. I actually traded Jacobs like you. after his first good game in the one league that I had a, I had a first round pick. Um, and uh, so I've already done it. I can't remember what I got for him now. That team How sucks though, so I was really starting to build. But um, yeah, I know, it's, and that's the backwards logic. I guess that's what we were talking about earlier. It makes no sense to f- trade the one that's doing well. What are you, an idiot? But um, <laughs> like, real clear about this, and I think this is Zach's point too. Jacobs is a phenomenal athlete, even though his numbers don't come out to Saquon Barkley level. Like compared to a regular individual, all these guys are phenomenal athletes, right? I think all of them, I can catch a ball. Everyone in the NFL can actually catch a ball. And all of them will be better at learning and developing a route tree and becoming a receiver in the NFL. Like all of them, I believe, apart from a few obvious ones, um, could do it. The problem is teams won't ask them to do it if that's not what they drafted them to do. And I think at the running back position where it's so much decision-wise, and that that's why it could fall on its face, because, you know, Gruden has surprised a number of times, so it could be like, and he's mentioned getting Jacob's targets over and over again, and yet it hasn't materialized. And the the logic, and that's that's persistent if you dig back through the NFL, that despite being capable of it, they rarely get asked to. Adrian Peterson really could have developed into a three-down back, but despite every year saying he was going to, they no team ever did. Um, I don't think it's because Adrian Peterson, for goodness sake, isn't athletic enough or smart enough to be able to catch a football, which you know everyone can basically do. Maybe not in an NFL field, to be fair. But... Um, so that's what it is for me. I mean, I there's literally video of him on the field doing jumping jacks wide open where the t- quarterback's got nowhere else to go and is about to get sacked and he still can't get a frigging target. And I just I'm more likely to believe that keeps up. And that means it's kind of the it's kind of the Karrion Johnson tier. Clearly a great good player, great player, whatever. Let's just say great. Um, clearly the potential is there for the role to expand, but I'm more pessimistic that a running back role will expand because they more typically don't. Mostly the usage we see them get is a, is what's, it's a sticky part of their profile, if you will. Um, so, yeah, I'm less likely to believe Jacob's role expands enough in the receiving game to become a top 12 than I am that David Montgomery and Miles Sanders can pay off their diminished value right now next year. So yeah, it's a backwards logic of running back, man. Yeah, I think we are. Tell me we why I'm just, wrong. We, we are. No, this this is where this is where we're going to fight until the till death, Peter. Yay. Uh, this is the fight that you've been asking for all episode. No, uh, the b- because as we as we discussed earlier, um, hey, in these first few years, uh, the these are the times that we want to try to be able to extract the value uh, from these guys. However. Uh, with what we've seen from Jacob so far, for me to think that this is the uh, crest, if you will, right? The crest, that's the way to put it. The, the, the high point, uh, the mountaintop of his production and what he can do uh, for what he's shown as a rookie. If, if 
if he's going to come out, rush for over 1,000 yards, catch probably by the end of the year 40, 50 balls, that's exactly like you just said. He's fulfilling the promise of what we wanted. So if that's the case and, and Gruden sees what he's done and we continue to get an idea as to who he is and what he's going to be moving forward, there's no way that I'm going to move him at this point because if I am going to move him, what you're basically telling me is that, hey, top 10, top 12 is kind of nice, but um, I, I'm not going to hold my breath that he's going to he's going to rise. Excuse, oh, excuse me. Smug semantics. Mr. Faye, the semantics. So if he's going to be the one, if he's going to be someone that gives us this as a rookie, again, assuming logical coaching, assuming logical thinking, why wouldn't he become someone who's going to be the absolute center, the apex, the epicenter of the offense, whereas in the two offenses that we've saw for Sanders and Montgomery, neither one could poke holes through what have been really crappy situations, and the same really for the for the Raiders. The, the Raiders hasn't been a great situation, like, a, at all. But we've watched Jacobs thrive week in and week out this season. So there's, 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 there's no way for me that I'm okay moving on from him now because what he's going to, what he's trending as and what he's shown us in year one has everything around it that says, okay, um, hey, hey, top, I don't know, top eight, top five, whatever number, arbitrary number you want to give uh, as as the dude Z, uh, as one of your friends I know on, on Twitter, one of the guys that I got to have on uh, the open bar, uh, the pleasure to be able to talk, uh, talk shop with. One of the things that he impressed upon me that has not left, and Z, I have to thank you for this, is what is your expectation for the player? So it's not so much is he going to be wide receiver one, running back one, running back two, what is it, whatever. Is he going to be the type of player who I can run out there and trot out there and expect about 15 points from? Great. Okay, awesome. I think Jacobs is going to end up being that guy plus whatever – rocket ship you want to strap to his back to take you uh, further beyond that because of what we've seen this year uh, again in, in, in what I would say is a suboptimal situation in, in Oakland uh, but he's as talented if not more so than anybody else there so I am I, I'm all for uh, Josh Jacobs and I don't I don't want to trade him at this point he, he's someone that I ran out and got uh, and, and I'm not of the of the mindset of selling him at this point now two years down the line hello Hey, big fella, as you've continued to crush, and, and uh, I, I'm all for that. But, yeah, he's 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 fantastic. I'm here for Josh Jacobs. He's he's awesome. Nah. <laughs> no, I, running back production doesn't increase. It, like, you, you started – yeah, you started this, man. Running back production fades. It doesn't increase, typically. Sometimes it does. Again, we've got Derrick Henry on the books. It happens. Wait, 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 wait. And, but wait, their best wait, production wait, wait, tends wait, to come wait. early. No. So, so, but but that's the thing. If if the best production is going to come early, are are you telling me that all the guys who are at the top right now that their best seasons were their rookie seasons? I'm telling you the best seasons I have them right now. I think this is Christian McCaffrey's best season. <laughs> I think this is Dalvin Cook's best season, um, because that's what happens. Um, it's not that this is Jacob's right, best season. Theirs, but- I think there's a little upside there, but I think you can get him because. Because he has paid off, I think we can get the value of that. A player who could, would, should be valued as a top 12 running back. And if you can already get that now, like that, that's cool. I don't have to take no, the risk no, of it no. falling off or him no, never sir. expanded no, sir, but, in the but, receiving game. Or... But, but, this is, but like you just said, if, if these are the running backs that we want to try to win, the, the rookie, and he's in that people's two- to three-year window, two- to three-year window, like if, if, if 
if if we're leveraging that window, if we're leveraging that time frame, like this is this is exactly what we want him for. Like th- this is this is not value value as as you would say, uh, value be damned. <laughs> like I'm, I'm not I'm I'm not here for. Uh, obviously, if, if I if I know that I need him to win championships, I need running back to win championships. This is exactly the type of guy that you want to have in his first season. So all those guys that you listed off in terms of their best seasons or, or, or their best times uh, to be able to produce, um, <laughs> they're saying that this is now their best. Uh, none of those guys had their best years as rookies, but we've watched Josh Jacobs be absolutely fantastic. So but that's what I mean. This is exactly I, I, the type of guy I want. I, I think I can get that value out of him right now or close to it. Maybe I'll miss a little bit because he will expand, but I think it's less likely that he expands well above where he is right now and becomes Saquon Barkley or becomes, um, not in, as a player, but in terms of production, um, or becomes Dalvin Cook and Christian McCaffrey, than it is that this is the range that he's in, if you know what I mean. I think that's more likely to be the case, which is great. Um, yep. But again, this is all we're talking about at value here, guys. And I, I hate to pull the value trick on you, but it's not really a trick. Like I'm not <laughs> saying I would trade uh, Josh Jacobs for uh, Andy Isabella. Uh, no, no, that's it's what like, you said. I heard you say it. If you can trade for him at top twelve running back value, because everything just J. Mike said, I, I'm more inclined to take that than take the diminished value of Montgomery or Sanders. Uh, that, that's all I'm saying. And I'm right. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait for Jake to come back and, and just, and <laughs> put, just me in put line, you right yeah. back in your place. He, he needs to. Uh, um, I, I'm, I'm not doing a very good job of it, Jake. I'm sorry. I did my best. The <laughs> he is um. That's a terrible I, lie. I, I you just, did. It, you're doing a great job, Jake. <laughs> I really appreciate you coming on, man. It's been fun. It's always nice to listen to you. It's fun to be able to talk to you sometimes as well, even though you know you try to avoid it as much as possible. I understand. <laughs> I appreciate you coming on for the sake of Jake to try and fill in his shoes. Um, anything else you want to talk about? Some Something you want to tell people about? Uh, well, let me ask you this just real quick. But before we completely run away from Josh Jacobs, um, is he the type of guy? I know you were talking about trying to get the value from. Um, and I'm and I'm pulling up uh, the, the, the ADP data here from. Uh, DLF. So I'm just curious where where he would land for you if you're saying, hey, I can get the the value that I want now. Uh, and I'm not, uh, I, I don't necessarily want to even look at running backs. I just want to look like cross positionally, if you will. Um, w- would you would you rather have Julio Jones, who in November's ADP is uh, wide receiver ten, or Josh Jacobs? Julio. Okay. Uh, work my way down here. Wide receiver eleven, Keenan Allen or Julio? Uh, excuse me, Keenan Allen or Josh Jacobs? Keenan Allen, and that, um, that's what I'm talking about. If I can get a top twelve okay. wide receiver for this guy, plus, then yeah, cool, let's go. Okay, gotcha. Oh, I, I hear you. I, I have I, ranks I disagree, but, I, but I hear you. No, I, I just think I think your hatred of Julio uh, it wasn't. Enough <laughs> in this, yeah. Uh, oh yeah. In this I, exercise that I'm the Julio <laughs> hater. I see how you're trying to pull a switcheroo here. Um, like. Or, uh, let's do it a little differently. Let's do uh, Josh Jacobs or DJ Moore. Ooh, that's spicy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I can't push. <laughs> uh, well, I, I like those guys equally. You just told us you uh, would, so you've got an around whether I say yes or no. Yeah, <laughs> give, give, give me Josh Jacobs. I like those guys equally, though. I, I love I love what both of them do. All right, here's a little more tricky one. How about? Uh, Josh Jacobs or Alan Robinson? Oh, what? 
you just keep putting my sons against me. Why do you do that? You know I love Allen Robinson. I'm oh looking gosh. at my ranks, and this is a range of got Josh Jacobs. Jacobs in. This Josh is my... Jacobs. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. I, I, That's I, tough. Mm, I know. How about That's Mike tough. Evans? Oh, Mike Evans. <laughs> yeah, see, he's in this range for me, and this is the difference between me and everyone else. Everyone gets upset about right. it, but it's like, he, he's great. He's just, anyway, let's not get into that. Um, all right. <laughs> but, I, I but, that's where but we're at. Still, I would take I, I, those I, wide receivers over Josh Jacobs right now. Um, and fair. you would take Josh Jacobs over all of them but Mike Evans. So that that's the difference. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, the different the, the difference of being right and wrong, right? Okay. Yeah, exactly. Me right and wrong. It's true. It's like I like I like that. Um <laughs> No, I didn't I didn't have anything else necessarily to talk about. Um All right. Well just let me know when you figure out that you should sell Josh Jacobs and we'll talk about it again. Um no, uh, thanks very much for coming on, J Mike. I really enjoy talking to you and uh, listening to you on all of your podcasts and you can find J-Mike both on The Open Bar live on Tuesdays, right, on YouTube every week. And I think you also stream to different places. You're getting all fancy these days. But on The Open Bar, it's one of my favorite podcasts. I listen to it every week. And the other, uh, another one of my favorite podcasts is The Dynasty Dummies and The Dynasty Blitz, which J-Mike hosts by himself, as I said. So check him out there or on Twitter at J-Mike. Is it J-Mike Check, check. on Twitter? It is J-Mike There you check go. On there Twitter. you go. I just call you J Mike everywhere, so it's a lot easier that way. Um, <laughs> but thanks very much. Simplicity. Um, I really appreciate it, and uh, thanks very much for coming on. And um, speaking of which, speaking of Dynasty Dummies and the Open Bar, we are bookended by two of my favorite singers of all time, Gabe Gearing from the Open Bar and uh, Zach Reed from the Dynasty Dummies. Do you have a preference on which we come in on and which we go out on? Because every week. Uh, it's like uh, it's like Sophie's choice here. I don't know which one to put first and which one to put second. Do you have a preference? Do you want to go out? On I the... love how I love how you always switch it up. Uh, let's go out. L- let's let's go out on Chicken or Crow this week. Let's come in on uh, Zach's uh, rendition because I think that's a, a fire way to come in. And I think Gabe's a fire way to go out. Let's do that. Yeah. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and Nate on the play, so. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Picking my nose, don't really know if I like that. Picking their brains, got their lanes, but I like that. Picking these guys, all of these times, all of these nice stats. Picking apart, the film is an art, always a fight back and forth. There is no order, they disorder more and more because the players ain't no older. They some hoarders or some mortars, dropping bombs without no borders. They got that I like mortar, peak grinding numbers like molars. I don't know anymore, I am at a crossroads. Chicken a crow, chicken a crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and they on the play, so. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical. Chicken or crow, chicken or crow, crossing the road, go. Clicking a poll, Twitter is gold, player unfold, so. Jake on the table and they on the play, so. Pete enumerates the plays, they're analytical.